Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Juno Ships, hosted by Netta Dow, featuring Block Payne and Kevin Garrison. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello. Testing mics. Mic check. Oh my gosh. What is wrong? <laughs> I can hear you guys great. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. And we even have a Todd. It looks like it all worked. Yes, but everybody who set a reminder for the old one. Oh, well, spread the word. I'm gonna. This is the new space. That's right. I'll share it. Share it now. I'm gonna put it in the old tweet. All right. We'll let people filter in since I messed it up. And Kevin, you can apply sunscreen. Todd, you can apply sunscreen. Because it's about to get hot in here. <laughs> That's a spicy take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fear. <laughs> I'm just oh, over goodness. here floating in denial. <laughs> Why are you in denial? What's going on? Is it really that hot? No, it's not that hot. But it's going to get, gonna hot, get hot, hot like a sauna. We're going to uh, sweat out all the toxins. <laughs> Spicy bits. Thank goodness. Yes. I, I've, I'm looking forward to sweating out some toxic stuff. So I think that'll be great. <laughs> Only alpha. <laughs> is, is, is that one of the, Go is that one of the goals here? We're going to, we're going to spit some alpha. Yeah. If you spit some alpha, you get a special yeah. sound. Ooh. I like that. I want to hear the sound. As soon as you say some alpha, it's gonna it's gonna be ringing. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 <clears throat> well, thank you guys so much for having us. I, I love how. Oh, I'm, maybe I'm not supposed to say it. Todd. Um, Todd and I have a <laughs> the last name that starts with the same letter, and that's very beautiful. <laughs> I'm I'm fully docs. Okay, good. But as far as I know, we're not related. So yeah, yeah. But you know the the Garrison brothers in in arms are are representing. <laughs> oh, no. by the way, Skip Skip just released a calendar, and now you can do uh, decentralized calendars. Oh, that's cool. What? Yeah, time to wow, schedule I... you some spaces. That's really cool. That's so random and, and awesome. Yeah. Should, should uh, we kick it off here? Are we are we ready to go into yeah. it? Yeah. Can you start? Because I'm gonna share more links, other places, so more people join. Because I messed it up. Cool. Well, thanks for being oh, here, everybody. Yeah, and and hey, thank you, Terra Spaces, for the lovely shout out. 
Hell yeah. So for those of you that haven't been on Juno ships, we are more of a structured base. So we're going to start off with something we like to call Chill 60. Uh, before we jump into that, we've got special guests today, Kevin and Todd. They are both um, representing awesome projects in Juno. Um, one of them is, is a DAO. And another one is uh, working on some really epic stuff. So what we're going to do today is share more about those projects. We're going to learn about them and just dive deep into it. Let's jump aboard. So for Shell 60, uh, Kevin and Todd, you guys are going to basically chill as hard as you can what you're working on. And then we'll give you 60 seconds to do so. And then we'll, we'll go into some ship talk. So, Todd, why don't you go first? You'll get 60 seconds. Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm horrible at <laughs> I'm horrible at this. So, uh, run the block pain validator and, uh, you know, very dedicated to, to having highest quality and best uptime. And, um, you know, I'm a very technical person in nature, so um, I tend to really geek out on this stuff. And... Um, as another part of this business, I also put together code and tools, mostly for validators, um, for my peers. And um, there's my elevator speech, I guess. That was the most subtle shill I have ever heard in my life. We'll call it a Hopefully ninja Hopefully by the show. end of this show. <laughs> it's a ninja show. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, Kevin, it's your turn to shill the wow, that, Juno that Growth SubDAO. That was impressive. So the Juno Growth SubDAO is one of the newest official SubDAOs on Juno, and it is a reiteration of what was previously the Terra Developer Fund. And it is very different in the sense that it is a uh, profitable venture seeking investments for the Juno network, which return to the Juno community. and the whole goal is really to make Juno the most profitable chain for its users in a very, very near term. We want to get there so that by 2025, anyone who's staking Juno is receiving returns in very interesting and cool ways from the projects that they help incubate and create. And uh, we've just spun up and there's a lot of really, really cool things coming very soon, including the uh, Twitter, which will be launching tomorrow. So that'll be very cool. We'll have some nice updates. We just had a couple great meetings, and there's a lot of very interesting protocols that we're looking to bring to Juno through the Juno Growth Fund. Dun, dun, dun. Well done. That was great. So just a, just a reminder, at the end of this, Todd, you're going to reverse shill the Juno Growth Subdown. And Kevin, you're going to reverse shill Todd and everything Todd does and really just take a knee. Uh, in the glow that is taught. So be prepared to do that at the end of the show. Easy game. Easy. <laughs> so here on the ship show, we love to talk ship and we love to focus on a, a few key things. One is composability, um, things like how are you bettering the interchain? Um, so we'd love to d dive into those. What's been both of your biggest challenges as, as you've been, you know, the work that you're doing with the growth fund, what's been the biggest challenge? And same with you, Todd, what's been the biggest challenge for you on your project? 
So I think the biggest uh, challenge with the growth fund, just to like speak very candidly, has been that uh, the the markets could be better. This is certainly like a difficult time to be investing as a network. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, learned a lot through the Terra Developer Fund. Like truthfully, as, as, a, as a person, when, when I first launched the, the TDF and like put that on chain, I didn't, in the original draft of that proposal, I wasn't even on the multi-sig. I was like, there's other people who are, are even more qualified who should be heading this up. And it was Putmost that was like, no, you got to be on this. You got to do it. Um, so I threw myself on there and I, I didn't really realize just how crazy it would be um, as Terra was collapsing and trying to save protocols and, and you know make it so that people could keep building really cool stuff. And at the end of all that, we had about 18 different protocols and projects that came over to Juno through the Terra Developer Fund. And there's a lot of amazing projects that have come through. Uh, there's a lot of like really cool new utility and things that are being built out as a result. But you know, part of the difficulty is going, okay, great. Well, how do we like make this a profitable venture for Juno holders so that it's not just grants that are going out, but how do we create a real return for people that they can see into the future. So the Juno Growth Fund is the next iteration that brings on a lot of really amazing people who have pretty incredible VC and investment backgrounds. And the whole goal is to lessen the burden on Juno holders by bringing in outside capital to invest in protocols. So making it so that Juno doesn't have to bear the cost and burden of every single protocol, but sharing with a bunch of really cool investors who are on board to make these protocols successful and bring them to market so that Juno holders have cool stuff to do with their Juno. Yeah, it's been really uh, exciting to see this grow. Yeah. We'll dive into it more. Todd. Well, I don't know, man. Um, challenges I've faced as a validator. Um, you know, starting out, it was it was all pretty easy. Um, you know, one or two nodes and uh, uh, the money was good at the beginning there. Um, you know, that. managing the growth and keeping things, keeping costs under control has become, you know, quite difficult. Um, so, you know, a lot of automation to keep, you know, the time as minimal as possible that I spend on things and then, you know, optimizing. Um, and let's see what what other challenges are there you know um you know governance can be challenging sometimes i'm sure i'm you know i i don't even know um <laughs> i wouldn't want to try to start up a new sub dow because uh man people get intense on uh in this ecosystem so uh good on you kevin todd <laughs> uh, you've been here for a while <laughs> I mean, you're sort of an OG. Why do you think the intensity is so high right now? Well, you know, I, I'm really not necessarily a Cosmos OG. I'm, I've only been around since, oh, probably beginning of 21. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm practically a newbie. But, um, you know, it's, it's um, a lot of high emotions. Um, People care. They actually give a shit. So that that tends to um, that tends to add to it. And then you know, 
everything's stressful right now. Everybody's, I think, is a little stressed. Um, and people that make their living in, in this ecosystem, um, you know, a lot of raw nerves. So, um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it, <laughs> the, the current intensity though has been, has been rough um, to watch. I, I do my best to stay out of any of it, but um, you can't always do that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, it's, I've been on the receiving end of some of it recently. Um, you know, uh, Jim over at Osmosis and, and Jacob and others have, have had some pretty reasonable criticisms of myself. <laughs> um, but it's tough because I kind of consider that everybody in this space is very much a friend. Um, and it's, it's tough to get like really intense heat from people that you would also hang out with in real life and like go to events or go fly out to visit, you know? Um, so it's, it's hard to be on the receiving end of it. And I've just tried to kind of not take it too personally. And, and I think that that's important is to separate the work from the person and, and understand that everybody in this space cares a lot and they're trying to do the thing that they think is best, even if they're not always right. And I won't pretend I'm always right either, you know, but understanding that that's generally where people are coming from and people are basically good. And sometimes that means that they're missing data or they don't have all of the incomplete picture. And so they come after you and that sucks. And you just have to communicate through it and be willing to communicate and try to be as civil and cool as possible and understand that, you know, this happens in a bear market and there's a, there's a reason why like anger and everything is kind of a marker for <laughs> on charts of where we're at in the uh, market cycle. And, and we're in that. And, and that's just the game that we're playing. And it's not always going to be sunshine and daisies. And we just have to try to be as kind and compassionate to one another as we possibly can. Well, still also going, okay, there are things to fix here. You know, like there were things about the Terra developer fund that I thought were normal or good. And, and, you know, later through trial and, and tribulation discovered, Hey, there's better ways that we can be doing these things. We need to improve upon it. And we talked to the community a lot to find out what those things were. And that's why we created the growth fund in the way that it is and, and made it an official sub DAO so that the community can control it. And, and say, hey, this is what we would like to see you guys doing and have more of a say in that process. And sometimes as the community is learning things and they're understanding it better, there's things they're going to love and there's things they're not going to love. And that's part of the process. And, and you just have to incorporate that as best that you can and, and try to improve upon that over time and, and iterate so that when the next bull run comes around, we have a really bitching system that does benefit users and is as safe as possible for users and that addresses the things that we learned that didn't go well. That's part of the process. Can I, can I stop you there? Could you just have one sort of thing that you're like, yeah, we needed to do this better. Like just for everybody to understand like what you mean. Yeah. Like, you know, I think loop is probably the, the biggest example because that was a really large grant that went out and it was also the first, 
protocol that was like very large that came over and and we paid 1.4 million dollars for that and you know when the token price was at about eight dollars for juno which was still low it it was a little easier to make those decisions because we thought okay great we've got loop we've got you know astroport we've got all these major protocols and and there's going to be larger spends and it's a very attractive team and they're doing a lot of cool stuff and they were well regarded by all the other grantees that we spoke to and they also helped bring over a ton of other protocols and cool people like skip and white whale and a lot of these other great guys that are building amazing stuff now so they they had a lot of great contributions the thing that i would have done differently on that is more discussions around the open sourcing of code which to be completely frank i just wasn't uh I didn't know as much in terms of the differences between Terra and the rest of the cosmos. And in Terra, it was fairly normal for a closed source protocol to launch and have audits and kind of maintain their competitive edge because it was a little more cutthroat over there. Um, And you saw really great teams rise to the top as a result of that. But that was something that was a Terra ethos and that was unique to Terra. And the rest of the cosmos, and I think even Terra V2 now, has a much higher emphasis on open source and having you know licenses that prevent others from taking your code, but you're still publishing it so that people know it's safe. Like there's a lot of other ways to go about that, which, you know, truthfully, I just didn't have all of the data on. And and many of us were in a state of emergency of just trying to fix, fix, fix as, as quickly as we could. Um, you kind of cope and then later you organize and and you improve in that manner. But I think that's one thing that I would have done differently. And and also we probably just would have handled vesting terms and negotiations a little differently had it been possible to predict that the markets would continue to dip, which of course nobody ever really knows that. But I think given circumstances now, we just kind of have to assume that um, and operate on that basis. How has it been from the community standpoint? Have you felt that the community has supported both of you? And what are ways that you would you would like to move into for the community at large to help support you guys better? Hmm, that's that's a good question. You know, uh, when when I started doing all this, I'm, I'd never done any kind of marketing or promotion before. Right now, about the limit of network for me is on on Twitter, and uh, I'm probably quite horrible at it, um, but I'm learning. Um, yeah, so far, I mean, lots of positive engagement, though. Um, you know, um, I I don't know. I guess uh, <laughs> you know, I, I want to keep building tools that that help the community, and um, you know, and that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it as long as I can. Um, just keep building. Yeah. I mean, yours was the first, I think validator that I paid attention to just because of the, like, I think you ran an RPC for secret on osmosis and it went down and you were like, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's how it happened. Here's how we're like trying to fix it. Cause I don't even think you knew that you were the only RPC or something like that for osmosis and it just went down um but like the trust that i that that i would gave you after you walk me through stuff and you're like here's what's happening and 
was just like, oh, I'm going to have to follow Black Pain Todd and like, okay, here we go. So I want you to keep doing that. But I also think that's how you're making the interchain better is just elevating everybody's understanding of, of the complex and just making it so that we normies can just understand, oh, it's not just like I push a button and things happen. You got to do stuff. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, you know, and I tend to be overly technical when I talk about things that are going on. But, you know, as as a a person, I've always been that way. And um, I figure that if somebody doesn't understand what I'm talking about, they'll ask and I can explain it. Um, it's easier than trying to treat everybody as if they couldn't understand it. So that's kind of the approach I tend to take. I, just on that point, I want to also say, like, it, it's funny because a lot of this stuff isn't always visible to users, but <clears throat> even as a validator, like, Todd has done so, so much for many other validators, but Oni in particular. Like, when we were first kind of kicking things off and starting to scale and, and growing rapidly, you know, Todd was there to, like, help us with soft security audits and, like, go through best practices and He's really expert in that field and, and helped explain some of the like stuff that's even hyper technical for a validator and, and really explain it in such a way that we could adapt that into our workflow and, and provide an even more secure service. And, and I know that he does that for a lot of people. He does that for a lot of chains and he does a lot of work with everybody. Um, but that's, you know, something that it's funny because it, it's difficult to market that kind of. Uh, activity uh other than you know i just would say that if anyone here isn't delegating to todd they certainly should be delegating to to block pain because he really does keep the train on the rails and and has always been um just an, an impeccable contributor uh both technically and also just like generally high integrity viewpoints within the ecosystem and like trying to make sure that everybody is safe and secure and doing the right thing. And I think that's awesome. And we need more of that. Well, I appreciate it, man. That's high marks. Are, are you crying? No, <laughs> I, I might be. Campfire <laughs> 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 session right now. Um, what was the question you asked, Franca? Because now I've lost. <laughs> How is the community supporting you and what would you like from the community? What ways would be best for the community to support you? Kevin, can I oh, speak yes. for you just one second? I think the please, community can, please. can support you by stop sending mean DMs. <laughs> <laughs> that would certainly help. I, yeah, Only I can send those... you mean DMs. That That's right. The thing. Okay. No, I, you know, I, in all seriousness, like, Look, that I can deal with that. I, I, um, you know, and generally speaking, I think ninety nine percent of people are are really positive, and you know, sometimes the mean stuff just kind of sounds louder. Um, but generally speaking, everyone's pretty freaking awesome in this space, and I think the biggest like support I probably could ask for if I had to put a plea out there would just be to have more community members getting involved in the chains that they love and. You know, we're now seeing that with subdows where there's like new community members coming in with really amazing ideas and and contributing those. And, and that is the strength of 
of a chain is its contributors. So I think if anyone's interested in helping out or they have cool viewpoints on on how things can improve, uh, like I super welcome that that viewpoint. And um, I want to talk to as many people as possible along those lines. And if anyone's interested in being on SubDAOs and they want to participate more, please let me know that, you know, because we can only really do anything if, if we're aware of it. Um, so I, I would say that's like the biggest, best thing. Like we need as much help as we can get and as many cool viewpoints and as much creativity as we can get during this time. Wow. That's awesome feedback. It, it actually made me think of like, okay, you know, something we're working on day to day is interchain composability, but it's like code side. It's almost like what you're doing is human composability and, and helping scale community efforts with the subdow system. That's a really elegant explanation, but it's true. You know, there, there's a human element to all of this and, we can get down into the code and we can build all these amazing tools. But at the end of the day, even with Concat, it's going to be real people that are using all of these things. And so we have to scale the human element of all of this as well. And I think that that's going to be kind of the unique value proposition of Cosmos as a whole is we're scaling horizontally with chains. We're scaling horizontally with validators. We, we should scale horizontally as well with like, human resources and, and people and community members that can contribute and offer really cool viewpoints. Like I, not long ago, I was just staking with other validators and we, you know, Todd's like, Oh, I've only been here since 2001. I'm like, that's an OG to me. You know, I was getting into Cosmos in December of last year, you know, starting to in September. And I was really in, in December and, you know, we weren't validating until around May. Um, so things have grown super fast, which is awesome, but it's, it's a scaling thing. And, and I know that there are many, many other people within the community that have similar aspirations and they love the space and they think that maybe their viewpoints aren't valuable, but they are. And I think that the more people who step up and kind of take roles in the areas that they're interested in, the better off we'll be. Awesome. I'm getting some good DMs about questions people want to ask so just a reminder everybody we will be uh, doing a Q&A session and uh, if you have a question we'll just bring you up and you'll have 30 seconds to ask that question and then we boot you um, but we'll uh, we'll get everybody up who wants to ask the question um, <clears throat> let's just let's just elevate things just a, just a titch Todd you do more than just validating you talk about tools you're building is there anything that you're building now that people on Juno or validators on Juno can use? Uh, you know, I've got some <clears throat> some closed source stuff, um, <laughs> stuff that's not finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, that the you know focus around um, forensics and being able to work across multiple chains to track activity and stuff like that. Um, I don't have any idea when that'll be ready though. I mean, it's development on it's been kind of slow lately. I've been doing more consulting or contract work, um, just trying to, you know, keep the lights on here. So um, 
yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's more coming. It's just I'm not sure when it'll when it'll all happen. Um, but you know, um, and sometimes you know, I just you know, it'd be like Friday afternoon, and I get an idea, and then Monday morning I have something. So you never know when that's going to happen. It, it happens quite often, actually. So some of the uh, some of the biggest stuff I've built, you know, generally works that way. So self-imposed okay. a hackathon kind of thing. And so, do you usually do you usually like tell people about it on Twitter? Is that where most people would find out about it? Yeah, usually. Yeah, and okay. you know. Um, yeah, that's probably the, the number one place that I, that I interface with people. So. Awesome. And then, um, Kevin, what's something that people can expect from the growth style? Now, I don't know if you have any alpha, if you want to just sort of drop it right now, but you know, you get a cool <laughs> sound when you do it, but what's something that people can look forward to? Um, what's coming? Well, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what I'm not going to get slaughtered for saying, but, you know, in the interest of alpha, I'll forego previous commitments. So there's some very, very interesting stuff going on around. Okay, Juno makes a cool investment in something that's very cool and does very well. There's some very cool arrangements being made that will allow Juno stakers to benefit from those investments directly in a very cool way. And uh, the purpose of that is like to specifically make Juno a very, very profitable chain for those who stake Juno, where it's not just inflationary rewards, but that Juno stakers can reliably depend upon cool uh, rewards from the things that they help incubate. And the goal is to really make Juno the incubator for the Cosmos, where a protocol can come in and can build an amazing project, not just for the community, but with the community. And the community can partake in that and receive the benefits of that protocol's success in perpetuity. So there's some very cool stuff being built out around that. And we're talking to a lot of very cool companies uh, and a lot of very cool teams that are building stuff. And we're finding cool outside investment to uh, help bring those projects onto Juno. So a quick question about outside investment. Can you say more about what that actually means? Does that mean Andreessen Horowitz is coming in? Does that mean Bob over in the corner who has a little bit of money and wants to play is coming in? Like, what are the players that you're talking about? Don't have to name names, but like, What's their ethic? What's their, why are they here? So it's a, it's a variety. There's private investors that are in, involved that are very aligned with the Juno ethos. So people who have invested heavily in Juno and, and want to see Juno succeed and, and want to help bring more protocols onto Juno. So there's private investors. And there's also like various tiers of investment firms. So you have like, family funds, which would be like, you know, a family that's very involved in crypto and they have a fund manager that helps to invest in protocols and projects. And sometimes they have 20 to 30 million or more or less, but are in that range. And then larger funds as well, which, you know, are basically investment firms by uh, design. And those sometimes have as much as 500 or so. 
without naming names, there's a, there's a lot of people with a lot of interest. And there's also validators that specialize in that, where there are certain validators that are very heavily involved in investments as well. And you've got guys like Figment, for example, where they invest a lot, even in the chains that they validate. So anyone who is got a track record of being a good person and is not here to solely extract funds from people is very much welcome. Um, but we're, you know, also very conscientious to stay away from the guys that might bring the wrong energy into the space. Cause it's just, it never goes well, even if it's easy money and it makes things easier, it's kind of always ends in heartbreak. <laughs> so trying to stay away from anyone with that background. You, you're saying a lot of awesome stuff. I wanted to highlight kind of one context thing. And unfortunately, I can't play the alpha sound. I didn't hear any specific alphas. <laughs> but nope. I think, you know, it, in line with mesh security and some of the, the DAO structuring that's happening, it really seems like Juno is positioning itself well as an incubator based off of just value capture alone. It's not necessarily market capture or market cap capture it's actually like developer ethos capture and um quality project capture so you know i want to i want to applaud that because that's something that both of you guys are leading and, and doing in your own ways it's it's awesome thank you man yeah i i think I think the cosmos needs an interchain incubator. And I think that Juno is in the best position to do that. Like we have the coolest place to build. We have a super. Well, it makes sense from a, from a technical standpoint too. Like Juno is permissionless. It's Cosmosm supporting. And a lot of the. Wow. So it's a, it's a nice, like next iterative fit for a lot of folks. Netta, it's that time. Do you want to roll out our, our sponsor <laughs> for today? And then uh, yeah. we'll kick off some Q&A. And I have a, yeah, I have we'll a Spiso. And While I'm doing the sponsorship, uh, everybody who wants to ask a question, please just raise your hand and we'll bring you up one at a time. And then we'll kick you off one at a time. But we want to give everybody the chance to ask whatever question they want. I think Todd and Kevin are good at sitting in a hot seat, but also appreciate some back rubs. So here we go. Uh, today's Juno ship sponsor is Hal. Hal is an on-chain microblogging uh, service that empowers creators and users. Also, there are no quests. So check them out on Twitter at Hal underscore social. Um, and I know they'd love to hear from you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> if they can't be on the show, they need to have a sponsorship. Yeah. Twitter rug. Awesome. All right. While we're waiting for questions, I have a question. And since you're both validators, you can both answer. So, bare metal or cloud? Bare metal I cloud. Answer at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, you know, we're, we're bare metal, but a lot of our services and like auxiliary stuff works a little better in the cloud. So, but when we're, when we're signing blocks, it's on bare metal. Yeah, I mean, you know, all my nodes are run on hardware. Um, and um, some of that I own, some most of it I don't. Um, so it's a mix. Um, 
yeah, very, but I, I do build like very diversely. Uh, you know, I'm, I spread uh, the nodes around the different providers and different geographic regions to keep it. My nodes should stay up. Um, so, um, but having control over the box and not sharing it is um, kind of a big deal. Um, Cosmos chains can be resource intensive. Um, and, you know, using virtual disks or iSCSI or, you know, block devices in the cloud um, sometimes isn't performant enough. And um, the amount of traffic that these nodes use is often super expensive if you're on a cloud provider. So um, there are a lot of benefits to, you know, bare metal and uh, co-location or dedicated servers. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Kevin. Yeah, I think, you know, that th there's, I, I'm a big fan of it because when shit hits the fan and there's like crazy stuff that needs to happen, having a strong computer to crunch through what's necessary, it makes a big difference. And you, maybe you don't notice it when everything's running swimmingly, but like if a chain is ever to halt, then you really notice the difference. You can see the validators that get back online quickly. They're the ones that are using performant machines. You know, and I think that there's a mixture that you need to have. I think it's actually good to have some cloud providers and some bare metal and some hardcore bare metal where it's in, in their offices so long as they're doing it well. It's really difficult to do it outside of a, a data center, which is why we co-locate a lot of our stuff. And the reason we do that is because you have like redundancies. You've got multiple internet connections. You've got diesel powered backup generators. and you pay a premium for those things, but you don't have to worry about, oh, my power went out or my ISP is down for the week and or there's a snowstorm coming through my region. You know, so I can swap my node over to a different country or a different zone entirely, you know, and you can shift things around so that the networks that we're validating are, are well decentralized from a geographic perspective, too, because the last thing you want is everybody is validating from Europe. And then Europe introduces some sort of regulation that prevents them from validating, right? So we want to spread things over across the planet, and we want to spread things across many different locations within those regions. And if you can do that bare metal, I think it just makes life easier. Awesome. I think I think Todd was really hinting at all my notes, the soap opera coming coming soon. <laughs> Let's welcome Avi to the stage. Go ahead and ask your question. Yo, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, so I guess, like, I'm not a super technical person. I didn't really know much about validation. And frankly, I still don't know how to use command lines. So there's that. But um, one thing that I thought was interesting, and I guess just kind of a point of clarification for myself and maybe for some of the other listeners, I think this word bare metal gets thrown around a lot. And um, I wonder if there might be some misconceptions about what it really means. Uh, my understanding is that uh, if you're bare metal, it really just means that you have a single machine that is dedicated to only validating one chain versus, let's say, a partitioned machine that, um, you know, could theoretically validate multiple chains. And I think maybe the misconception of, like, the fact that you're validating from home 
equals bare metal comes from the fact that like Jacob kind of runs this bare metal alliance thing and talks about bare metal all the time. Um, so yeah, like, can you guys, I guess, like clarify whether or not that's correct and maybe explain why, um, it wouldn't be beneficial for a validator to run, um, let's say for example, like to do like a few different low intensity chains on a single machine. Yeah. Um, so when, when I say bare metal, I, I just mean that I'm running directly on the computer, um, not using a cloud service, not running on, you know, virtual private servers. So that's really all it means, um, you know, in terms of owning the hardware or co-locating it or having it in, you know, your basement closet um, doesn't really play into the term when I use it. In my opinion, um, bare metal is just how you run it. And a lot of people run on, you know, virtual private servers or cloud instances um, or like Kubernetes clusters, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it just means we're closer to the hardware. Um, as for running multiple chains on a single server, um, yeah, you know, that's that's the only economical way to do it. Um, I've got, uh, I want to say, 22, 23 nodes right now that I run across 10 chains. So, um, obviously, if I'm doing a two or three signer, that would be a lot more servers um, if every one of them. And then, you know, the cases that I have API nodes or whatnot um, ran on its own, own server. Um, so, and, you know, really the most Cosmos um, chains aren't that intensive, uh, at least from a CPU standpoint. Um, what really matters is um, IO performance with your, uh, with your drives. So, um, you know, having big drives that um, are striped. So you're writing across multiple drives at once to get higher throughput or IOPS um, is a big deal. But the size matters a lot because of wear leveling. Um, like, you know, a, a solid state drive can only be written so many times. They're rated in data written per day. Um, most are like, most consumer drives are like 0.3 to 0.5 data written per day. Um, and then data center type drives go up to, you know, one to some as high as 10. If you're talking about like, um, some of the high end, uh, Intel Optane stuff. But, um, the other way you can get around that is just to use bigger drives. So if you've got a, you know, a four terabyte, um, drive that's 0.5 data written per day, you know, it's just as good as a one terabyte with, you know, <laughs> so with, with two uh, data written per day. So, you know, it's balancing that aspect that really limits how many chains you can run on, on one server. But um, yeah, anybody that's running, you know, high-end hardware is running several chains. I, I almost guarantee it. Nice. I uh, I think Ghostface, you had a question. Uh, you want to raise your hand uh, and ask it. And while while we're waiting for Ghost Ghostface to request, um, where are you? I can't even find you. Um, just remember, you guys can request uh, to speak. 
and ask your question. And I think we have them for another 15 minutes. So this would be the time if you have something you want to talk about. Just to follow up on the on this conversation here, in, in Harry Potter terms, are you using Horcrux? Yeah. Yeah, that, that is the most awesome piece of software for validators out there. Um, yeah, I mean, it saves me all the time. You know, before um, with TMKMS, you could move nodes easily, but um, if it went down, you still had to intervene. And now it's like, I lose a data center, I get an alert, but I see I'm still signing blocks. So, you know, it's like, I don't have to stop in the middle of dinner with the family at a restaurant or something and go fix a note. I can, I can get back to it in a few minutes. So Horcrux is awesome. Epic. Dang. I didn't even know you were using that. That's awesome. All right, Ghostface, what's your question? All right, I have 30 seconds. I've listened to Todd a lot. So Todd, I love you. You're a music guy. Kevin, this is coming towards you, brother. Um, and it's not because you're a United States men's national team soccer supporter. I apologize about the loss. Um, on loop, the user interface isn't the greatest, yet they're getting um, you know, a ton of funding. Um, what makes you excited about Juno, like come three months, six months, nine months from now? Um, because the talk is like, we're just going to rug and go down to nothing uh, because there's really nothing to be excited about. So. You as a figurehead, show me on why I should be following Juno. <laughs> um, well, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think I think the exciting thing is that Juno is is more than Loop or any one protocol. Um, you know, the guys that love Loop are, are going to use Loop, and and they're big fans of it, and that's that's great. But that's one protocol, and the amount of projects that are building on Juno right now is unbelievable. And if you, I think even if you go down and you press the little like comments thing, um, you know, Ed posted a, an image showing all of the things that are building out on Juno. There, there's an enormous amount of protocols that are quietly heads down in this bear market, building out incredibly unique use cases that, are not just specific to Juno, but take advantage of the interchain. And I think that come mesh security and some very new developments in IBC and all the things that we'll be able to utilize cross-chain, it's going to open up new worlds for people that want to develop quickly. And they're going to go to the place where they can develop with the most freedom, the quickest. And without a doubt, that's Juno, which is still the premier permissionless smart contract platform. And the core development is accelerating extremely fast. Like we've got amazing guys from Notional and Strangelove working on the core stack now. Um, and we're shipping features faster than ever. You know, we're going to have V12 and V13 very shortly on Juno that allow a ton of new use cases. We've got Token Factory coming in. We've got price oracles. So we're, we're, we've laid a lot of the groundwork necessary to expand rapidly. And I know that that groundwork's not always the sexiest experience to see that being laid, but you get to enjoy that down the road. So I think in two or three months, it's going to be a very, very different ecosystem. And I think it's going to be frankly unrecognizable. And that's what I'm excited about. 
I also want to tack on there. I'm really excited for the fee share module. That's a, a huge win for incentives for projects building on the, the main protocol. Uh, Oner, you're, you're up. You can speak for 30 seconds, ask a question. Awesome. Um, Kevin, I just want to say, um, Sam Honor, I've created the Interchain Builders program in the last two years, work with Interchain. Um, sounds awesome what you guys are doing. Uh, we've done a ton of work and we're also planning to open source more of that. So yeah, we'd love to talk, maybe share some ideas. Maybe there's areas where we can work together. That wasn't a Absolutely. question. <laughs> he, he said, maybe we can work together and it went up again. <laughs> exactly. Can, can we work together? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I, I I would love to do that. Let's chat after. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Um, before we do our final, you know, goodbye section here, if you guys could kind of just give it a shout out to where people can reach you and what channels you want people to reach you at, that'd be great. You can reach me here on, on Twitter or on Telegram. On Telegram, I'm just at Pony Validator. Um, but DMs are, are always open. So you can just reach out to me here. I check them pretty, pretty religiously. And what about for the growth fund? There's a grants page on the website, which is being overhauled. So uh, there will be a whole new grants process for people where they can <laughs> get a lot more out of it. Right now, it's just a Google form. So that's going to be changed very soon, which will be very cool and, and get people routed to the right person. Um, but probably the easiest way right now is to reach out to myself or Rorma or anyone else who's on the growth fund just personally, and then we'll, we'll get you into a chat. Nice. And, you know, I'm at Blockpain on Twitter and uh, also Telegram. And then I'm on, uh, oh, I'd have to go look what my user number is. I'm also on uh, on Discord, Blockpain9311. So, yeah, um, reach out if you need something. I'm horrible about um, Telegram, though. I've got what appears to be thousands of unread messages. So, uh, Twitter's probably better. <laughs> Sounds like you're using Telegram correctly, which I do not use it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move in. I don't see any more questions. I I don't know if anybody else wanted to yeah, ask quiz a question. Time. It's quiz time. Um, so, <laughs> Kevin, you now get to shill Todd to everybody here. And Todd, you will have your chance to show Kevin in the growth fund as best you can. And in doing so, it helps the other person know how they can clarify things better, how they can help people understand what they're doing better by you repeating what you think they're supposed to be doing or what they are doing. So I would love for Kevin to go first, because I think it'd probably be the easiest. And then Todd, you can go after that. Oh man, I don't even think we have enough time left for me to properly shill Todd, but I will say that um, there are very few validators that have done as much for the space and for other validators, the chains they validate as Todd. And, you know, he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And probably his biggest shortcoming and that is that he doesn't market it. And if he did, God forbid anyone knew how much this man does because he would be number one all over the place. But uh, I will say that he is very, very deserving of everyone's delegations. And he's also an incredible resource for learning more about the ecosystem. So 
if you're a builder, if you're interested in validating, if you're an established validator that wants to know more and how they can improve, I can think of no better person than Todd and uh, go stake with him immediately. Wow. I'm tearing up, man. I appreciate it. All right. Your turn, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> how do I even follow that? Um, so the growth DAO will be giving out free kittens and ice cream to <laughs> everyone. Um, so you should support it. Um, no, seriously though, uh, you know, Juno's been through quite a bit. Um, and it's, you know, we're building things that nobody's done before, or we're taking a different path than others that have built similar things. So. This is just an evolution of the lessons that have been learned uh, around accountability um, and openness and inclusion that have to do with funding. And um, I think it's a great step forward. And, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of room for people to participate and they should. So thank you for uh for putting all this together, Kevin. Uh, well, this is the end of the show. Croncat, uh, do you want to do the send out of who's going to be on the next show? And anything else you want to say? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, it's been a pleasure having both of you guys here. Really appreciate you taking the time and really awesome work that you're both doing. So keep up the great work. Um, our next show is going to, we're going to have uh, Idols NFT project. And then we're also going to have um, Another special guest that we're still confirming and will be announcing on Saturday. So look for that invite soon. Um, we're going to close out with who our hosts are. We, today, today, our episode was hosted by NetaDAO, who's building the future store value of the interchain. They're running bare metal validators and love helping teams like Howl, Akash, Croncat, Juno Juicer, DowDow, and more. Take with them and learn more at netadow.zone or join the Discord and links in the Twitter bio. And our other host is Croncat. It's, uh, they're building the if this, then that for the interchain, bringing no-code automations to everyone. Uh, they're shipping on Juno soon and love hearing what you want to automate. Reach out on their Twitter or Discord. Thanks, everybody. Hey, thanks, thanks for having us, guys. Thank Super you. appreciate yeah, thank it. you so much. Everybody have a great day. Take care. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was NetaDAO hosting Juno Ships with Blockpain and Kevin Garrison. Recorded on Thursday, December 8th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with Spark IBC enabled. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man's swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Thank you.
leader seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next. No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up. Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol, but it didn't matter. We was all hyped up when the pedal lit the metal. He just didn't have the right skill. Watched in the daytime till the night curfew. Rats in a cage till they make time to murky. Got a little job that falls under my purview. We gotta get this mob away from the birds. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Ten spaces.